What's going on guys and gals? Welcome to episode 76 of the WorkPrints Gamescast brought to you by theworkprint.com. As always, I'm your host Rob and I'm being joined by the best co-host I've ever had, Bilal. What's up, Bilal? I, I feel like there's an ulterior motive here, but I'm going to take it. I am the best <laughs> co-host you ever had. Yeah, we may or may not have one of our former co-hosts in the chat right now watching and uh, running her mouth a little. So if she wants to defend herself, she can actually come on the show. But another thing I want to mention is I feel like I'm starting to get self-conscious because every time I intro this show, besides, you know, what's going on, guys and gals, that I've done since the beginning, right? But the as always thing is starting to like every time I hear it, I'm just kind of like, oh, I just I need to come up with something else. I need I need something else. Or maybe I don't, right? Maybe that just becomes part of the identity and uh we make an emote of out of that. That's what we can make an emote out of. Oh yeah. That yeah, we do need emotes. Um, we also need a graphic designer. As uh, if any of you saw the, the socials for GameCast 76, um, I threw together what some might call um, the Picasso of podcast art. Um, it's just like items where they shouldn't be. It, it's, it's a beautiful No, it's, it's the frozen yogurt of, 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 of Photoshop. It's basically just <laughs> throwing everything you possibly can inside that one bowl and you know what it's 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 my fault honestly at the end of the day because i played a ton of games this past week i mean we come in here i feel like for the most part outside of there was a, a one other week where i got a decent amount in but we come in here every week and we're talking about how beaten down we are <laughs> as old men with kids and jobs and how you know we're lucky to get in a game or two here or there or i end up falling into you know, my comfort games, one of those still being on here. But this week was totally different. I had a mission in mind. I knew that right away I was going to finish Guardians of the Galaxy. We talked about it last week. And it became the game that outside of Apex was the only game I wanted to play. So I, I sat down. I think it might have been two or three more sessions uh, and just finished it out. Let me just reiterate, this game is like 16 hours long, right? Something like that. 18 hours maybe we had already talked how I enjoyed the writing and the banter and the characterization of these different characters and how much I was enjoying the writing for the humor. What I didn't realize and not getting any spoilers, but I didn't realize this game was going to make me tear up on multiple occasions towards the end. Ooh. It was like 2 AM and I'm just like, I cannot believe this is happening <laughs> while I play guardians of the, in galaxy you know what i mean uh have you gotten any farther in it i did i got i i got maybe like two chapters deeper um slight tangent last week you guys uh on the podcast might have heard me raving how my wife and i are nailing parenthood we know what we're i mean doing. you this, listen you we, jinxed we it got this kid figured out we got him on a routine i get my gaming and it's great it's fantastic i i even called I, you out I even called you out and I, said, I even said, uh, I'm going to do a new feature called, uh, Gamecast <laughs> and lunch. And yeah, you know what? I did episode one and that episode unleashed something in my son that <laughs> it, it broke us. Uh, we are broken <laughs> people right now. Um, my son no longer takes a two hour nap. He is on a 40 minute nap cycle where it's, 
he wakes up in the morning, you feed him, you change him, you feed him, uh, you play with him, and he goes down in 90 minutes and for 40 to 45 minutes, and then he's back up. So you don't get time to do anything because 40 minutes is not enough time to do much. I eventually didn't decide to start playing Guardians, but there's moments in that game where you have 40 minutes of cutscenes. It's just straight talking for 40 minutes. And it, <laughs> I, don't, it, it, I don't know if it's 40 minutes, but yeah, it, there's it, some, it, it there's some law cutscenes. It, it feels like 40 minutes, but it's... Okay. Um, but they're great, and that's the thing. It's like mm-hmm. it's like reading it's like reading a book, getting to a, the end of an exciting chapter, and then the baby wakes up screaming, crying, and you're like, <laughs> shit, <laughs> and you're like, you can't get back to that book for uh, another um, three days. I I, I don't know. Um, a, a lot of my gaming went out the window uh, until we figure out what exactly is going on with his routine schedule. And by the time it gets tonight, it's just like. Do I sleep and get a full night of sleep? Thankfully, he sleeps through the night. Or do I continue the game? Um, but what I did get to play of Guardians was great. Uh, I just got to the point where you kind of break out of your room uh, without um, going too far on it. Did we lose Rob? I think we might have lost Rob. Or we lost me. Uh, sorry, a little technical difficulties. I am going to back. Whoa. Okay. So I think we lost Rob. And I'm just going to continue talking. Um, there's blinking boxes. Um, yeah. So uh, let me let me talk about uh, Guardians. <laughs> yes. Uh, Rob's face did freeze on stream. Uh, a, a very hilarious matter. Um, so... Um, yeah, let me just talk about the baby. Uh, so baby's great. Babies are a lot of work. This stream is all over the place. Uh, but it's been a good time, uh, in regards to figuring out how far you can go before you break. And if you're a parent out there, you probably know what I'm talking about. Um, but... I don't know what's happening with Rob here. Is he here? Is he gone? Is TriCast okay? Yeah, are we going to have to restart over? This will make for a really exciting podcast later on. Um, let's see. Okay, uh, so I'm going to go look at Picasso's Guernica right now because according to Jen, my... Social media posting <laughs> looked like that. So let's take a look. Let's take a look at what can only be described as a masterpiece. Rob, do we have you back? I, I think so. Listen, in, in my defense, I just did like a speed test. It's Discord. It's Is not. Discord? Did Discord ruin us? Uh, maybe. How dare they? All right. Also, I, uh, man, I, at first I thought it was you. I didn't realize it was me. I then look over at the stream and see myself just frozen in the worst possible spot ever. And so I'm not thrilled. It's okay. 
<laughs> we'll right. pick it up because I don't think yeah. we can restart after such a great opening. No, no, uh, no. That's fine. Let's go right into it. Hey, this is yeah. this is the realities of podcasting remotely, right? Yeah. So uh, I was telling you where I left off in Guardians. Um, yeah. So I got to the part where you have to break out of your room and you kind of have to use that llama to do so. Um, yeah. And so that that's where I'm at. And Yeah, it's more I, or less the midway point, honestly. Okay. Yeah, and I got to say that the writing in this game, I know we said this last week, it has been stellar to the point where when somebody is not talking, I feel I feel weird about it. And someone's always talking. There's a lot of different character. Um, there's a lot of different character development uh, opportunities. Like, I, I would actually want to spend time with these characters and, like, talk to them in between chapters to learn what's going on through their head. Um, mm -hmm. I really wish I could get a translator for Groot just so I could <laughs> learn more about Groot. Um, yeah. Because, you know, Rocket's kind of the one that translates for him. Uh, but like, what was your overall feeling? Uh, do you think it fits in your top ten for the game of the year? Do you think it? I think this is. I think this is in my top five just based off the mm -hmm. the writing alone. Honestly, yeah. you're right at the point where things start to go from just being this light-hearted space opera into you're getting into the actual drama of it. I feel right? like it's been kind of dark for the last couple. Yeah, but this part. Uh, I mean, I don't want to say any spoilers, but there's a reason you're trying to get out of your room, you know? Yeah. And so that whole experience, this whole next chapter is when things start to get a little bit rough and you start actually diving deeper into some of the characters' histories and some of the emotions behind their actions and stuff like that. Uh, it is, uh, man, it's so good. Yeah. It It, um, it is so, so good. I honestly... I I I started hitting at the, talking about this last week. I pit it up there with the Insomniac Spider-Man games. While I think those games are as as close to perfect of a superhero game that you can make, I think that this being a very straightforward kind of narrative third-person action game goes a long way in both visuals and a focused narrative where there isn't any wasted time. You know, the one complaint I might have about Marvel Spider-Man and Miles Morales, although Miles Morales was much tighter, is that a lot of the side stuff you do in that open world isn't the most fun and gets kind of repetitive. Yeah. Whereas outside of, you could argue that the combat in this can get repetitive. I would say it becomes as varied as you want to make it, unlocking new abilities, switching up your play styles and approaching the enemies in different uh ways. I have it, I have like moves unlocked in a manner that I just feel like an absolute wrecking ball. Like when there's like a group of like 10 enemies that just walk into an arena, I'm just like, nope, I'm like, that's, that's the worst thing you could have done. Uh, the more mm -hmm. spread out everyone is, the better for them. But uh, they give you a lot of like fun tools to do so um, with it. How, um, a question for you. So yes. I did the second Milano uh, sequence where you actually fly the ship. And this one like actually involved like space combat, which was like yeah. it was fine. Do they do any more of that in this game, or is it that? I think they, it? I think I think they do it one more, but it doesn't involve anywhere any more past that. Yeah. Um, I will say though, I I agree with you that I thought it was just fine, mm -hmm. and then I played another game that has some uh, air combat 
in it as well. And no, it's actually good in Guardians of the Galaxy because it is very bad in Call of Duty Vanguard, which oh, yeah. we'll, 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 we'll hop to next after we finish up this Guardians of the Galaxy. But I just had to talk about that now before I forget. Uh, yeah, I it doesn't evolve as, uh, any more than that. And they only do it, I think, one more time. But I, I, I just, I love that similar to, say, Psychonauts 2, every environment feels different nothing feels samey whether it's you know the visuals they even introduce any new enemy types at almost every single environment and some and, of the enemy types are great because it's just a jelly cube and it's yeah. a weird monster of some sort uh so that's the cool part about it they also they i mean they dig deep into the lore of guardians of the galaxies to bring some of the characters that they bring into this game i I, I hope this game does well, man. I really, really do because we need more games like this coming from the IP, coming from yeah. Marvel, you know? Uh, I, I, as much as I love it. Oh. At the scale? Like, yeah. All that lore no. you, you have with X Men? No, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if this, right, if this is Uncharted then let's have that Wolverine game be The Last of Us, you know? Ooh. Like, that's kind of what I want to see out of the... Po or Those are the kind of possibilities you could have with this IP. As long as, you know, Marvel continues to more or less let developers do what it is they want to do and don't hold them back too much, you know? Um, I, I, I'm telling you, man, you have to... I know it's tough right now. But carve out the time, finish this game up, because I really, really want to talk to somebody about it some more. It's it's uh, what I'm concentrating on. Uh, mm -hmm. I know you brought up Call of Duty Vanguard. That was supposed to be my Friday, um, my Friday stream game, and I even made fancy art for it to share on socials, and it just didn't happen. <laughs> I think yeah, I, was, I remember I, I went live for four minutes, and <laughs> I think yeah. you were like, "What happened?" And I was like, "The yeah. baby woke up." And that began the nightmare. Um, but no, how is I was, it? How is that I was, I was, ex I, I was excited to watch your stream because yeah. at least then I would have known to just not play this game at all. Really? It is just like, you know, the things that Guardians of the Galaxy does really, really well when it comes to just visually, right? Yeah. When you're playing Guardians of the Galaxy, it does the Uncharted, The Last of Us thing, where it goes from cutscene to gameplay and transitions smoothly. There's it it. Your character models in game are more or less the same character models they use in the cutscenes. Sure, they they get a little bit closer in the cutscenes, so they have a little bit more fidelity and stuff like that. Uh, but it it still looks the same. In Call of Duty Vanguard, the actual gameplay continues to look more or less like the previous two games that have been released. Uh, the ones that have actually. Uh, or I should say, I guess Cold War is the only one that's been on the new console so far. Yeah. So the, then the last game, visually, when you're actually in in game, they look similar. Which means that while it doesn't look bad, it still looks, a lot of textures look kind of muddy. You know, it's not, in my opinion, when that game is running, it's not the most impressive game visually out there. The cutscenes are unbelievable, right? And I actually think that the cutscenes looking as good as they did made the actual game look worse because it was jarring. It reminded me of the Xbox 360 era where they were doing stuff like that, where we were getting these high res 
cutscenes that were, you know, in engine, but the character models didn't actually look like that. Then you go to character models and they look like video game characters. Here, there's a photorealism to the cutscenes, and then it's very much a Call of Duty character model once you're in game. And them doing that kind of back to back against each other, I, in my opinion, just kind of made the game itself look worse for whatever Ooh. reason. Yeah, okay. It does, what it decides to do is it decides to take this fictionalized approach to World War II, right? They're not trying to do a recreation of the same battle as you already know. There is some parts, you know, like there's the Battle of Midway that is a mission in this. Your part, it opens up and you're part of a elite squad, okay, of people from different um, military branches of different governments. Okay, working together for this one mission. And the way this game progresses its campaign is the present day or present day in that timeline, events are have individual character missions interspersed in between story beats. So the intention is to get you to care about these characters, to flesh them out, you know? It all feels a little bit disjointed and kind of boring. You know, outside of Laura Bailey's character, she plays the one female on the team. And I'm telling you, she is out there putting on her performance and trying her best to get me to like her character, you know? Yeah. And I still could not care less about any other characters on the squad. Damn. I found the overall story to be, it, it it's portraying Nazis in the same vein that Inglorious Bastards does, right? And fair enough. But it doesn't do it with the same level of writing or the same skill. It just comes off as caricatures in this game. And I just, I found it very meh, you know? Even the uh, set pieces and... Even the set pieces, like, all of it is just very meh. It's meh to good, you know? Is it uh, so, I, but it's a, it's a short meh. From it's a I very think. short meh. Yeah, I think I beat it in, like, five hours. If I had to rate this on a scale of 1 to 10, I would put it around a 6.57. I think the more I think about it, the lower it goes. This is definitely one of my least favorite campaigns that I've played since Black Ops 3. Black Ops 3? Did Black Ops yeah. 3 have a game? That was the last time Whichever... life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So since that one, okay? And that one was terrible. That one was definitely worse than this. But That, that one, I, that game I hold... Uh... A, a certain graduate because I rented it from Redbox and then got lazy. And by the time I returned it, I think Redbox charged me like forty two dollars. I was like, shit, <laughs> I should just bought this game. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I beat it in I think two settings. Uh, yeah. it, it, like I said, it's not a a long game. I just and, think I, I think it's very bad. And that was my plan. My plan was to sit there and just kind of stream that campaign out, um, mm -hmm. probably over like two sessions and just get it done. But um, that didn't happen. Uh, I'll probably still check it out just for some shits and giggle, but I think yeah, my priority I, for it is lower. Did you get the ch a chance to check out either zombies or multiplayer? I no, so good stuff on the multiplayer. Yeah, so uh, zombies, I, I'm actually kind of angry with because I'm a big zombie fan, but I also enjoy the Easter eggs, the round based yeah. maps with the Easter eggs. And this 
zombies mode that they've released is so bare bones that I just don't, there's nothing driving me to try it. Now, I was going to try to get my hands on the multiplayer last night or this morning, but unfortunately, you know, we talked about it in the pre-show, had a very busy day work-wise today, so I wasn't able to get there before we got on the podcast. I do intend to pin in a couple hours and just give it a try, but I I don't anticipate me pinning a lot of time into the multiplayer in this one, just because one, we've got Halo right around the corner, and that is going to be my arena shooter yeah. for the future. And two, as far as multiplayer shooters is concerned, I am I just neck deep in Apex Legends and the ranked mode. I am more or less hard stuck at platinum right now, and it's because oh, so I can't. Are, you climb. You've climbed since that yes. stream. Yeah. So if I am any, at platinum if anyone four. Didn't miss it. Rob was streaming uh, his climb. Yeah. Yeah, and I plan on I plan on streaming some more. I the problem is is that. It just so happens that right around the time I got to Platinum 4, people that I play with on a regular basis, things just came up in their life where they just can't play right now. In about, I think, a week's time, everything will be kind of cleared up and I can start that climb to Diamond, which is the very minimum I want to get to. I would love to try to push to Masters and just hate myself, but uh, at the very least, I want to get to Diamonds this split. And yeah. I, I mean, I am just loving everything about this season so far. I really love the map. I talked about this last week, so I won't go over it again. I, I'm learning more and more how to use the new character and how to make my rotations on the map and everything that's just new this this season. And it's changing up my strategies. If you haven't played Apex Legends, it is free to play. Give it a shot, but know this. It is unlike any other Battle Royale you've played. Them having hero abilities and different characters does add a lot. The movement and the pace of it is so different than say your Call of Duty Warzone or even your Fortnite that it is going to take time, in my opinion, to kind of get the hang of it. Now, I've been playing for 11 seasons now, two and a half years, I think, since this game was released. And it's easy for me to say, go out and, and, and play. I implore if you do give it a shot, just pit in the time for a little while, you know, and don't play with friends who have been playing for a long time, you know, <laughs> because it, your experience just is going to be much better, honestly, while you're learning. If you just go and play with randos rather than playing with your friends who are in platinum lobbies, right? Uh, because you just won't learn that way. I am also loving arenas. I, I, it really is just a nice change of pace and is something that my friends who don't play often can pick up right away, right? Because it's very straightforward, just three on three. And I, I mean, I think it's at the best spot it's ever been at right now. And it makes me really, really excited for, you know, what comes next. Mm -hmm. I know this season is only a week old and I'm already like excited for the next bit of lore, the next uh, character event. I'm excited for a new heirloom to come out because I actually finally got an heirloom pack uh, last month and haven't crafted a, a new heirloom yet because I don't want to have buyer's remorse because those things are so hard to come <laughs> by. So, um, yeah, man, I am just, I'm having so, so much fun. Now, with um, that. And you were supposed to play with me and, you know, well, the, you so just bail I, on yes, me. Yes, I was supposed to play with you, but then everybody signed on at that same time. <laughs> um, and I think it was, I think it was Friday night. I think it was, uh, so I got home a bit late and I was just like, you know what? I'll just fire up some Forza instead. Uh, and yeah. let I, else jump in and get some fun in. Oh, well, Hey, speaking of Forza, we're both playing that. Yeah. 
I, I, how long, how much, how much have you pinned in so far? Mm, I've done, so I did, well, I was on stream on Friday and I got mm -hmm. maybe more, maybe like three or four more hours in. Uh, okay. And I've, and I've played it uh, across the ecosystem. I have played it cloud. <laughs> I have played it remote streaming from the Xbox on an Xbox and on PC. And can I tell you, this game on PC, oh boy, it is gorgeous. Like uh, I thought awesome. the Xbox version, the Series X version on performance. Yeah, because it's great. It's it's very pretty. Like the 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 Series X, and I'm playing the Series X on quality because I, I'm just that's just why, how. Why are you doing it to yourself? I know, I know. I should it, just it, put it, it on performance prettier. and and, and yeah. it is prettier. That's what it is. Yeah. I should just put it on performance and get those sixty frames, but. Yeah. I, I can tell you though, like with between Guardians and Forza Horizon Five, uh, playing at four K sixty, I could smell the air just burning <laughs> from my PC. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's like I have the temperature checker going. It's like seventy one degrees Celsius, which is yeah. what I heard. As long as it's not hitting eighty, you I think you're worry. safe. Yeah, that is. Yeah. yeah, but I'm still like that. You do like the con uh, conversion for Celsius to Fahrenheit, and you're like. Mm -hmm. That doesn't seem safe at all. <laughs> um, but it's nice because the water's getting colder and it does uh, warm up the room. But um, yeah, Forza Horizon 5. Uh, I did a Game Pass and Lunch stream on Thursday last week. Uh, thank you, New Zealand, for letting me time jump uh, on it. Got to play this uh, a day early. And it, was, it was quite nice. Uh, yeah, you... Seem, it seems to me these Horizon games are canonical because they mentioned the time uh, in the <laughs> event you did in England, which is just like, yeah. what are you doing? This is not Fast and Furious. You don't need to like, like. Yeah, it's it's canonical in the sense that like your character has been at this festival before. It, all it is is it's saying, hey, this is a yearly festival. We do this every year, and we're just going to different locations every year. But yes, that's as far as the canon goes. Like, in six, I want the Rock to show up, and then in seven, I want Jason Statham to kill somebody in the after credit sequence, and then in eight, he's the villain. Um, <laughs> it, you know what's funny is Horizon series in is, a whole different direction. Is I was watching your stream, and the character model you picked is the character model I normally pick, and so when I started in my up uh, Forza Horizon Five for the first time, I ended up picking a different character model just because I didn't <laughs> want to have the same one. But uh, I've played maybe uh, two, two and a half hours, maybe a little bit more, actually. That, that is very much my, like, everybody else has gone to bed. I'm on by myself. Let me just go and do a couple races. It's also, I'm making it much harder on myself. While it's, in my opinion, way more fun and immersive using the force feedback wheel and the pedals it is way easier to drive and not spin out when you're using a controller oh, yeah. the moment i start spinning out it's like game over for me you know luckily there's the rewind feature but yeah I, and i've got to say like if you played forza horizon 3 or forza horizon 4 you know the formula and you're walking yeah. to uh, with five um you arrive at this festival there's usually like some introductory um like race or event that they have you do where you drive a bunch of different cars to different terrains mm -hmm. and uh, get a feel what the game has to offer. And then you unlock a series of events that you can go and do in any order that you want. You can just drive around for all you care. You yeah. have a shop available to you where you can spend money and in, like in-game currency and just uh, unlock uh, whatever car you want uh, with the credits you've earned. Uh, it It's kind of crazy because you could start the game just right like driving a like 
was like a Supra. You start the game with mm-hmm. a Supra and then like buy a supercar or win it in like a wheel spin, which you get uh when you level up. And then you have like this Ferrari and you're just like, I could just drive this Ferrari everywhere. But you yeah. realize that like you can't use that car in let's say off road. Off road, yes. Or or even it becomes a nightmare. <laughs> right. It's it's one of those things where when I am just trying to relax at night, maybe I've got a little drink on me. Then I hop in the Ferrari. I take the roads from point A to point B. But if I'm hopping on with the intention of getting things done, forget about it. Give me a Jeep and let me cut across all the terrain to get from one point to the next. And, and like the one thing I really like that this game does is uh, you can tune your car um, yeah. to your specifications if you're uh, into tuner culture. But, like, I've never been a car person, but you can, like, go into, like, a setup manager, and you can, like, pay somebody for their setup and download their and, and download their setup for the car. So you can, like, hey, this car is better off-road, or it, it's faster here, but you uh, lose, uh, maybe you might lose, like, launch or off-road yeah, right. uh, ability on it. And so, like, th- that's what I do. I just, like, mess around with it like that. Uh, there's also the ability to, like, sell cars um, on the auction house where you people design and put up neat designs i got i bought a i think it was like uh my uh, a fair lazy and it had like this galaxy um like skin on it and i was like this is mm-hmm. kind of cool it's like it was a really nice car to drive and it's really neat that um you can just people can create all this stuff and it, it looks fantastic it doesn't look like it's like pasted on it feels like it's natural Listen, as yeah it, in in Forza Horizon 4, I had an STI that had a Jack Skellington Nightmare Before Christmas themed like vinyl. And it was awesome. I mean, it looked like like somebody with a really tacky uh, <laughs> car. And it was awesome. I love that stuff. And I, I, no, uh, I, I mean, I agree 100%. There's so much, even if you don't want to get your hands in the mix and do that stuff yourself. They make it easy for you to find other people that have already done that so that you can just, you know, reap the yeah. benefits. I think, uh, I don't, I mean, this game is just the most relaxing game to play. There's mm-hmm. nothing urging you. You can do it whenever order you want. Uh, in the top right corner, when you pull up the map, it'll tell you like, hey, you need this many event points to move on to like a next showcase event. And you can choose which showcase you want to do. Um, and some of them have multiple tiers. I did the main showcase. I finished that ticket and it ends with this, like, I think it's like a 26 kilometer race, uh, around like the entire map. Uh, that took about 13 minutes. Uh, I think I did that while you guys were streaming apex that night. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really neat. Um, the difficulty that it starts off with it, I found to be really simple. Like I, it wasn't too difficult, but then it offers to bump up the difficulty and you'll get yeah. credits that way. Yeah, and it I does that, that dynamically, like yeah. in game. It'll it was if you're winning a whole bunch of races, it'll say, "Hey, you are dominating. Do you want to crank up the difficulty?" I did that, and then I immediately dropped it back down because I was like, <laughs> everyone's just blowing past me now for no yeah. reason. I was like, I was like, I don't know what happened. I'm not doing anything wrong here, but now yeah. I'm just way behind, and I was like, I don't want to redo races. So I'll if it, if I was blowing these leads or just blowing the competition away, uh, then yeah. uh, so be it. I think the one complaint I might have with this, and I think this is where I always felt weird with the other Horizon games as well, is when it comes to like these uh, these type of games, I always liked the progression of like starting with a shitty car and working your way up to like a supercar or a better car. Uh, but here it's like I already have like thirty great cars, 
And like I, I don't know at times which ones I should be driving or not, or I'm just driving the one I, I really like. I kind of just yeah. missed the progression of going from like, hey, this is this is like a sh- a, a, a Civic to like, hey, mm-hmm. want a Bugatti? Here you go. <laughs> like, uh, the, it, like the Midnight Club uh, style that Rockstar had done years ago. I, I mean, I miss those type of games. I know it's an entirely different game, but like, just maybe a little yeah, bit of progression I, uh, to right. just kind of make you feel like you're working towards something. I think you want something a little bit more arcadey than even Forza Horizon. Like, and that's the thing is Forza yeah. Horizon is considered the arcadey racer it's a in Microsoft Stable, but yeah. it's a hybrid. Yeah, it absolutely yeah. is. I mean, you can tune and turn the difficulties all the way down and stuff like that and make it almost a pure arcade racer. But you're right. It's not going to have the story mode the same way that like a Need for Speed does or that kind of progression system. The progression in these games is really much the Assassin's Creed far cry progression of the map checklist you know is there are all these events and you're clearing them off and you're getting you know to new portions of the map they also throw in the bar finds where randomly you'll hear a rumor about a car located in a barn you have to go find that barn and it, it also has the horizon arcade where you'll be notified that there is a server wide event going on you can drive to this location and then as a group, everybody is trying to contribute towards completion of this. For example, I had a, I went into an event and it was really just get airtime in this area. And this area was the side of this mountain. So you drive the winding road up, get to the top. And then instead of you know driving the winding road, you just cut across and you're literally launching yourself at over and over and over again. And then we progressed from there and had some time left over. So it put us on another event where we were driving off these ramps, trying to go through these bullseyes and stuff like that. And that's, I think, the beauty of Forza Horizon and why I love this series so much is that if you want to take it super, super serious and just indulge yourself in the luxury of the you know, Aston Martins of the, you know, the, the supercars, you can do that, right? If you want to make it super arcadey and goof around, you can do that. If you just want to go for a drive around Mexico and chill, you can do that, you know? And, and I, I know I've gone on record and said this before. Um, mm-hmm. If you want to just take photos of your car, this mm-hmm. game has a photo mode to make your cars yeah. look fantastic. <laughs> um. No, it, it, I, I, like I said, I'm still very early in, but it very is the, the type of game that I can just hop in, hop out, and it's always going to be there for me. And I love that. Like, I yeah. need something like that. And I'm so glad this is here. I also do want to organize some actual let's get on together and have some races together because that's the other thing is you can play this game completely solo, not interacting with anybody else. You can play in races against your friends. You can also complete races in co-op with your friends where Mm -hmm. as long as you guys are doing it and progressing, the progressing counts towards everything. That's awesome. And so, uh, I, 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 I also just love how well this game runs, you know, even on, quality obviously performance is better to get the higher frame rates but even on quality i'm not having any issues i i know you're a fps snob and so uh, it, it, I, I think it, it's, an, it, it's an oled problem uh i think if i hooked mm. it up to a non-oled tv I, w- I wouldn't mind as much yeah and so i'm not having much of an issue although i am probably going to continue to flip back and forth um i also you know what this reminds me and i want to bring this up is that i one of the things about call of duty vanguard that was driving me nuts and hindered my enjoyment of it as well is that 
I kept having a recurring bug in that game where the audio during cutscenes, the audio sync was out of whack. Ooh. And so their lips were moving and then this, the dialogue was coming a second and a half afterwards. And I, it required me to do a quit out of the game. Then I would come back, it'd be fine. And then once I completed the next gameplay mission, went to a cutscene, it would happen again. And so like, it's kind of crazy that this game that is running on the Modern Warfare engine, which was two games ago, is having these kind of issues. Yeah. But anyway, I just wanted to get that out there, you know, because I was reminded just talking about how good Forza Horizon runs. Um, the other game, I, I want to talk about two more games. Luckily, there's not a ton of news this week because, like I said, I played a lot of games. I dabbled in some Mario Party superstars. Mm. My daughter, who is now eight years old and is starting to get into gaming, I figured that this is one of the easier ways to get her in. She loves playing board games with us. And this can she starts developing her skills in these mini games. Her exact quote after we played the first time, she comes up, she's talking to my wife, and she tells my wife, that is the best worst game ever. <laughs> she, she's, she's like, she's like quick. Yeah. She's like, it I was having so much fun, but the it was me and her and two AI, right? Because it always has to be yeah. four people on a board. She's like, I was having so much fun. And yet the computer cheats <laughs> and it was, I mean, it was great. I couldn't ask for a better experience for her first time out playing it. And she's wanted to play every day since to the point where I actually went out and bought a uh, power, a third party controller because in the house, I only have one pro controller. So she was using the joy cons attached to the joy con grip. grip. Yeah. yeah. And so her problem is her hands are still a little small. So Power A makes a nano pro controller that is a, in a compact form factor. So it fits much better in her hands. I, I was about to ask, do you just not love your daughter enough to buy her a pro controller? No, no, no. <laughs> hey, here's the, here's the reality is that if you're trying to save a couple bucks, I mean, the pro controller is the cream of the crop when it comes to the Switch controllers. Honestly, it is a fan, absolutely fantastic controller. And in my opinion, the third best controller out there behind the Elite and the Elite version two and the just normal Xbox controller, in my opinion. I actually think that Power A makes very good third-party controllers. This is the one I got for her, yeah. although I got it on sale. I love my it's daughter, a, it's but. It's a nice form factor for sure. Yeah, but it, and it, it, listen, the thing is, it's small. I wish I had brought it up here. It's probably like this big. Oh, wow. Yes, and so it fit in her hand absolutely perfectly. And so we played again today, and um, it, this is definitely going to be one of those things where I can see us popping in every day, every other day. And it's actually got her to the point where she was asking me what other games she can play by herself on the Switch. And, you know, as much as Mario Party drives me nuts because of the randomness and because the computer does cheat, I don't care what anybody says, that computer cheats. My daughter and I have played, I think, four boards so far. Or four matches on the same board. We're still on the first board because she wants mm -hmm. to, you know, get the hang of it. And the computer has found the hidden blocks every single time. The AI has found it every single time. And my daughter and I haven't found a single one. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. See, this is a good comparison. Yeah. You can see if you're watching the stream how much smaller it is. It's but, like the perfect child size controller. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, there's also a ton of nostalgia in Mario Party Superstars. For those who don't yeah. know, this particular iteration has a bunch of, essentially, it's a 
best of hits when it comes to the Mario Party mini games, taking from you know different entries of across the franchise. It also allows you when you go into a board to select what games you want to play in the form of do you want to play some of you know of all the different types of games do you want to play ones that they consider family oriented where people young and old can play so they require a little bit less skill we'll say there are ones that are just skill games with no randomness involved there are ones that are i wish i could remember all of the different subcategories but you can tailor the game to how you want to play it there's also you can pit it to how many turns obviously you can you can set it whether or not it actually gives you bonus stars at the end, which bonus stars are nonsense garbage, but it's the purest way to play Mario Party. You have to have the bonus stars. Uh, I mean, because okay? you need that randomness. That's, that's where yeah. friendships are ended and yeah. tires are yeah. forged. Yeah. So you need I, that element of chaos, in my opinion. I, I don't want to hear anybody true... like play Smash Brothers however you want, like turn yeah. off items, turn right. off like all stage effects, but like. You, you keep bonus stars in Mario yeah. Party. Yeah. You can also set a handicap and give people stars right from the get-go, which I refuse to do, and my daughter is not happy about that because <laughs> I have beat her every single time. Uh, I will say, though, she's gone from fourth to third to second, so she is you know, getting better as, as much as you can in Mario Party. And, um, you know, you can't, you can't just let her um, win. Oh no no no! She has to yes. Yeah. She has to. She has to. Also, she has to earn it. Yeah. I had to earn it. She's got to earn it. The last game I want to talk about. Wait, wait um, is, what, one uh, quick yeah. thing on Mario Party Superstars. So, um, Leah and I have decided that we're gonna stream that game together. Uh, we're gonna go online and play against a bunch of randoms. Since uh, we're we've been big fans. Uh, I mean, if you're available, yeah, let me know. I'll hop I in. can't promise what comes out of my wife's mouth uh during mario party it's like no overcooked she, she becomes somebody i don't ask ng ng's in the chat <laughs> ng was there when we played overcooked and ng was like she's a monster she she's the absolute worst so i i, I just don't want to scar your daughter <laughs> no that's all oh, no, no, no 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 it'll be just me not my daughter my daughter yeah. will stay out on that one also i i that, I'm still working on some of my daughter's uh, reactions to things not going her way. So, <laughs> oh god, um, I forgot you had to go through all that. Oh. Mm -hmm. parenting. Yes, uh, but yeah. So the last game I want to talk about is I sat down and I played The Forgotten City. We talked about this previously on the podcast that it was coming to Game Pass. It is now on Game Pass. How I wanted to sit down and play it. It is a, for those who don't know, it started off as a Skyrim mod, but then was fully built out. There are no Skyrim assets in it anymore and made into its own standalone game that you can definitely see that it was once a, a Skyrim mod. <laughs> the character models, the way they animate is very reminiscent of those types of games. This is a adventure game set in a in a small city i mean it's it's not a big you know map play area and it's a time loop game where you are trying to break the loop and there are actually four different endings to this game and four different ways that you can accomplish your goal and i don't want to go too into it right now i i, I do want to say that uh, it does guide you in really smart ways from you know 
it starts off as you do have to just go out there and explore and talk to everybody, but that starts to give you threads that you can follow and, and, and see more of the story. It, for the most part, the writing is very well done. Uh, the mystery itself is handled really well, uh, in my opinion. There are some things that are a bit clunky uh, in, in the writing, in the gameplay. I had a couple of moments where I had to restart to the last checkpoint because it just didn't trigger the proper event like it was supposed to, to progress. Um, but it is very generous with its autosaves. And so it, that's not a, a deal breaker in, in any way. I played this game. I got one of the endings. And it tells you that once you get an ending, you got ending two of four, right? And normally, I get my ending. And I'm like, all right, that's it. I'm out. Like, I've, I've played the game. This is the ending I got. This is what, I, this is what I'm leaving with. That took me about four and a half hours, maybe, right? To get that first ending that I got. And I was happy with the ending. But I knew it wasn't the canon ending. <laughs> and, I knew, and I knew what I had to do to get the canon ending. So I go back to the game and I find out that, yeah, it's very generous in its autosaving. And it has like five autosaves that I could choose from. And it does pit me more or less right before... I started on the path to get that particular ending I got. It also does this thing where you, as soon as you enter, start restart the loop and you enter into the city, you are greeted by just the nicest guy ever. <laughs> and instead of having to redo all of the uh, steps for the individual storylines that you've done, the individual threads that you've done, you can actually send him to go do everything you need to do because you keep physical items on you from loop to loop, okay? So you can just say, here is this, this, and this. Take this to this person, go talk to that person, do this, and handle all of these things for me. And he'll just go and do them so that you can go and do the next step that would be triggered after all of that stuff. And so it does not punish you in experimenting or failing, you know? Uh, going back through the loop is necessary. You're going to have to fail. You're going to have to break the golden rule, okay, in order to progress in this game. Anecdotally, I've seen a lot of people on social media talk about this being a possible game of the year contender. And somebody stating that it was their favorite time loop game of the year. I think this game is good. I, it did not click with me in that way. I didn't find the ending and the, and the mystery behind all of it as exciting as I think some people did. I enjoyed my time quite a bit with it. And obviously I, I, I did it in like two settings, you know? So I was wrapped up in it, but it's not... In my opinion, it's not game of the year. It's not probably in my top five. It might be in my top 10 though. And it is on Game Pass and it is a short play. And so I very much think that it's worth giving a shot. And who knows, it might click with you in a way that it, it did not for me. Um, 
Uh, yeah. Do you have any interest uh, in, in playing this? I heard... Uh, so, it's, it's funny because I heard exactly what you did about it being one of the best, like, time travel games, things like that. And then a couple months later, I also heard, like, exactly what you're saying, where it's just, like... Seems to be be a bit overrated. It's like a it's a really good for a mod, but um, it, it's I want to compare it to something that's on the game of the year list. Uh, I also I, part of me yeah. it, part of me wonders if I would be higher on it if I didn't go in with knowing that some people yeah. were so high on it with those expectations. If I had just stumbled across this organically and had just given it a shot without hearing anything about it being good, because I didn't hear anything about the mm -hmm. story, and that's the way you should you should go in as blind as possible. Um, but I do wonder if maybe I would have been more impressed by it. Um, are you going to give this a shot or? I'm probably going to skip that. I mean, I, my backlog already for our game of the year discussion is so big. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and I have to fit everything in the 40 minute, <laughs> Chance, kind of 30 yeah. minute window. And it's like, yeah. I, when you try to think about how much gaming you can do in a 30 minute span that feels, um, good. There's not much out there. Yeah. Um, so, like, I'm actually looking forward to firing up Shin Megami Tensei 5 and being able to play on the Switch uh, on Friday. Just so, you know, just turning something on and off. Like, I think my biggest regret was picking up Guardians of the Galaxy. And, like, I did pick it up on Xbox and PC, but I've been, most of my progress is on PC. And so, there's no quick resume. So, it's one thing if I could just quickly turn it on and off. Um, and fire that up but yeah the switch the switch is looking really nice right now <laughs> um, <laughs> do the bad decision making on my part um all right well that wraps up the you know um, six I, games I, I, that i've been playing i know yeah. you have one more yeah that um, you played i dipped uh, i'm gonna take this one into the news uh as well uh just jump that story in uh early um oh, i've yeah. been that, that uh, continued back for blood and we uh, me and my friends are on the second part of Act Three. Holy crap, that game is hard on recruit. <laughs> it is, it is so intense. You're running out of so much ammo. I think we got two levels left. We've got the finale of Act Three, and um, just uh, Act Four is just this one chapter. I'm guessing it's a giant boss fight of some sort. Um, it is. It's been a great time. The game only gets better and better, and. I think one of the questions uh, we had early on with it was, what's the future of this game look like? I know right now it's on Game Pass, but uh, where do we go with there? Um, I got to open the door for a cat, but Rob, why didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Game? So Back for Blood actually tweeted it out yes, uh, two days ago, their roadmap. So we're looking at free updates in November and December. November brings quality of life improvements and major bug fixes. December is going to bring all new features, including new supply lines, written practice area, and a holiday seasonal event. They are, they are also adding solo offline with campaign progression, new card types, and all new cards. And then in the future, looking at 2022, as a free update, they're going to be adding a new difficulty, new player cards, new corruption cards, new co-op mode, melee updates, and quality of life improvements. They also announced an annual pass and three expansions. The first one 
uh, all three set to release in 2022, the first one being called Tunnels of Terror. They, the expansions themselves will include all new cleaners, ridden, activity type, weapons, cards, and exclusive skins. And that's what this game needs, right? That's what made, you know, the expansions for and DLC release for Left 4 Dead 2 what are some of the best parts of that game. And a game like this, that's all you need, right? It's just give me a new area to explore and Kelly's ridden. What gets me excited is that they are adding new characters, and uh, new cleaners, they are adding new enemy types, new ridden, and adding new activity types as well, because this game very much is get to point A, do this one activity, get to point A, point B, do a different activity. Get to... So adding and, you know, new ways to play, new ways to approach it, more variety is exactly what this needs and to, to keep it fresh and to keep it in the zeitgeist, you know? And yeah, so and, I am very excited about this. And, and I think we, you know, I think it was something I posed, uh, I posed a question of like, hey, you know, I kind of wonder what this looks like. And j just seeing this, seeing uh, like quality of life improvements, uh, I'm not even sure what they're going to bring, but I'll welcome all major bug fixes. I really haven't run into too many bugs, uh, but you know, Great, great that you're adding that this month. But like seeing the cards are interesting. Uh, we've been messing around with like new different builds, like melee, medic. I have a crazy medic build going on right now. Um, but Left 4 Dead didn't get this type of roadmap or anything. It was kind of like they put out their base game and then workshop. Ooh, lost audio. Strange. Rob, can you hear me? Okay, oh, we'll just continue. Uh, yeah, so we, yeah, it just left for dead and never got this type of updates. It ended up coming through the workshop. And so it just found it strange that wasn't the case uh, with everything else. Um, all right, since so with that, let's kind of kick this off into the news. Let's keep it going. We're going to talk about Jeff Keighley kind of detailing the Game Awards 2021 and beyond. Now, you can see that uh, over uh, on Epic Games, there's this uh, interview where he details what to expect, written by Brian Xant. But I'm just going to go and give a quick, couple quick you know, highlights of it. Uh, there's going to be a lot of content for 2022 and 2023. It's their biggest lineup yet. And that's how these award shows goes, right? Especially with Jeff Keighley behind the helm. You are going to get the biggest lineup year after year after year, right? I mean, that's the only way they can kind of keep this going. And so that's not a surprise. There's going to be 40 to 50 games featured in some capacity. And the important one, as far as I'm concerned, is that new game announcements are going to be in the double digits. Now, anybody, anytime someone says something like in the double digits, that tells me that's going to be 10 or 11, right? It's not like yeah. if it was going to be, you know, 15, 16, you know, they would say something like, you know, over 15 or over, you know. They they went and said double digits. My my favorite part, and I my wife always chimes in during it, is when there's that announcer guy that goes world premiere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that's the best yeah. part. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're um, gonna get it at orchestra on stage, and he also teases some true next gen stuff. I mean, 
I mean, here's the thing about next gen stuff, and I, I forgot to mention it at the beginning of the podcast. Today's the actual one year anniversary of the launch yes, of the is. Xbox Series X, and so um, I think it's going to be a big game award ceremony for I think Microsoft and Sony. You know, they've got COVID delayed a lot of stuff. E3 really wasn't what a lot of publishers um, was expecting it to be uh, because delays. And so <laughs> I'm really hoping the Game Awards is where we really start seeing stuff firing, getting announced, uh, I, deeper looks at. I also get excited for the Game Awards because it yeah. feels perfectly timed, right? You have your E3 and your 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 kind of summer conferences where you get, you know, GDC and we get DICE. We get all these different, or I guess DICE is actually coming up. or So it's GDC, uh, Tokyo Game Show, and, and E3. And then there's a lull in announcements. Now, companies are more often doing their own individual kind of, you know, state of plays or Nintendo Directs, stuff like that, in smaller scale. But as far as, like, big news is concerned, the stuff that actually gets you, like, really hyped, there's this lull until after the holiday season and then, you know, with the Game Awards. And it just gets you... For me, it just gets me more hyped and excited for the games that are already announced coming in the beginning of the next year because it pits it back on my radar, back in the zeitgeist, makes me think about it again. And then getting announcements for, you know, games that we haven't seen yet that we can expect, um, you know, in 2022 and, and 2023. And it's just a nice, like, cadence of big announcements, games release, we get a lull. Big announcements, games release, we get a lull. And... It isn't just us waiting for E3 every year, right? Yeah. But I listen, maybe we'll try to do a, a live reacts of it uh, this year. We Ooh, you know, if we fun. can if we can figure out the time actually sit down because I am listen, I'm 100% a mark for this stuff. You know, I actually think one of the reasons that I don't really do outside of us talking about it at the beginning of this podcast, I don't sit and do reviews anymore is because i'm at a point where i think games as a whole are so good you know and we're in such a uh, amazing age of gaming right now that it's hard for me to like hate a game like a game has to be really really bad um and so i tend to be i think more positive on everything than yeah than uh than i feel like the social media is or even reviewers are and stuff like that you know there's always like even a mediocre game has uh, its shining spots um yeah i think what i miss about a lot of b games are is they used to do one thing really good and then you wish to see that done in other triple a games or something they bring something really interesting to the table and mm -hmm. you kind of hope that game gets a sequel um, yeah, like I know Biomutant was something I said wasn't too high on, but I said I'd play a sequel of because that game did a lot of interesting things. Um, yeah. and you don't see that you don't big studios don't take those chances. They don't. Yeah, they don't. And, um, you know, when it comes to the game awards in general, it's. Yes, it's he an award show, but it's also <laughs> it's a big marketing tool at the end of the day. The fact that, yeah, <laughs> like one of the bullet points here is orchestra on stage is just like, yes just a reminder we're not just yeah. uh, showing trailers but that's what it's gonna be you know but he also does a, a, a an incredible job getting stuff on there from all aspects of gaming right yeah. it does have smaller games it has your mid games as the bigger games it I is mean, a celebration of yeah. games you know i think that i i admire everything he does behind the game awards and his passion for it i think he is um 
Hmm. I think he is so excited, and I I don't I believe it's genuine, but I feel like sometimes it doesn't come off as genuine. Yeah. You know. Uh, He's and so to the best show for gamers, and he knows yes. what they want. Uh, yeah, you know, like especially with that and, Elden Ring announcement when they did what was that, that was summer game, the summer yeah. game fest, like yeah. that was that was such a great way. It was a kick off the show or end the show, like yeah. it was all anyone was talking about. And, you know what it is 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 he is cheesy for games in kind of like the best possible way. Yes, hundred you know? percent. But like, here's the thing: he is trusted by the industry. He yeah. doesn't leak stuff. To have that amount of trust, to be able to pull together all these type of announcements is incredible and i can't even imagine some of the headaches and stuff they run into and it's been smooth for years so like yeah. props to him for continuing to do this year after year um it you know like it i'm looking forward to it uh the, i think spike tv used to do the game awards i think yeah a joke uh yeah. i think keely has finally like nailed what this show should be um, and yeah, if it's, if it's marketing driven, so be it. Yeah. Right. It, it's, it's, it's more fun that way. Like who doesn't yeah. like sitting there for like three hours watching game trailers? Cause I yeah, <laughs> no, I love it. Absolutely. I love it. Um, I used to like block off my work calendar and just sit there. Oh, I mean, I, so I still good. do that. I still yeah, do that. I still do it. <laughs> <laughs> so Bilal, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Did you pre-order a steam deck? I did not. Oh, okay. Because, because I only I assumed you did because everything else you've pre-ordered has been delayed, and now <laughs> Valve announces that the Steam Deck is delayed into 2022. The handheld PC won't hit its holiday 2021 launch window. Uh, Valve blamed what everybody's been blaming: the global supply chain. I mean, now you know what? Somebody needs to find this global supply chain person and <laughs> really, really just straighten them out, because they're not they're not doing much of anything from uh, yeah. what, what I can tell. Now, there's not much more to the story. It really is just the announcement that's been delayed into 2022. So now people that were expecting it in December when they originally announced they'd be releasing are now showing shipping dates of quarter one, 2022. Uh, it's a bummer. Uh, as somebody who has been looking at, you know, GPUs for the past few weeks and who has friends who are still looking for consoles and stuff like that, like, it is just very frustrating that this is happening and absolutely a bummer. I just, but, I just think a second, the v version two of the Steam Deck will be the sexier one. Oh like yeah, this, I mean, a hundred percent. This is the iPod Touch without the speakers, um, <laughs> you know. So this, um, and and the camera. So like this, the version two is gonna be like. The yeah, this is the this is the clamshell DS before yes, they made 100%. the DS Lite. Yeah. DS Lite. This is the game. It's so is. I want the Game what, Boy Advance yeah. SP. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yep, a hundred percent. Uh, next bit of news, we have two Fortnite stories. The first one being, this was actually announced earlier today, uh, Fortnite's Twitter account tweeted out, coming soon, and has this image of Fortnite cross Naruto. Believe it, November 16th, 2021. There's not much <laughs> news as far as what content is coming. I'm sure you can expect some skins, and absolutely you'll see Naruto himself up here in that item shop. But this is the, I mean... <laughs> This is awesome for fans game, of, of, yeah, this is awesome for fans of Fortnite, for fans of Naruto. I mean, this stuff is, 
I think we're getting to a point where we're now taking it for granted because now it's just like, of course they're going to have Naruto in there. Of course they're going to have, you know, the next bit of news we have. Of course they're going to have uh, League of Legends champion Jinx coming to Fortnite, what? especially when the with... the Hero skins drop, yo, they're going to go Yeah. Especially with uh, that net that uh, Riot Netflix series mm -hmm. Arcane being released, like of course all these tie-ins are gonna happen to Fortnite. But when you actually sit and take a step back and realize just how crazy all of it is that they have been doing this, are able to do this, are able to form these par partnerships. I mean, look at how insane some of these IP holders are about their properties, right? I mean, famously, the first Wreck-It Ralph, there was a whole bunch of discussions about how big Bowser could be in comparison to um, like Zangief, you know? Oh, yeah. And if, if so-and-so was this tall, then our character has to be this tall and has to be this strong. And, and there was all these discussions when it came to these IP holders. And yet Fortnite is just like, yeah, we got Master Chief. We got... Uh, we got Kratos, we got Jinx, we, we got yeah, Naruto. Oh yeah, Jinx. We, yeah, you know? uh, and and we have everybody from Marvel. You want you want Deadpool, you got Deadpool. You want Daredevil, you got Daredevil. Uh it's 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 an amazing feat, you know. Even though I am somebody who is a lapsed Fortnite fan, have no mm -hmm. interest in hopping back in, I still get kind of geeked out when I see these announcements. And 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 that's awesome. You mean you don't want I, to I, do Fortnite Fridays with me? <laughs> I do not want to do Fortnite Fridays with you. <laughs> You're on your own. Uh, I would love to see this kind of stuff happen to other games, though. You know, not necessarily. I don't need, like, for example, I would love if Apex not got IP characters, but got, you know, skins that were based on these, these properties and stuff like that as homages like to Smite? them, even if they're not. Yeah, similar to Smite, exactly. Although Smite does a one-to-one -one actual like recreation of Did the character. I don't necessarily need that. I just I need an outfit that's like folks. reminiscent. Well, he tries to figure it out. Um, I know a lot of... Um, I, I know Smite did a lot of stuff with... Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Stranger Things, where you get... Got like I think eleven and Hopper and Smite. Uh, I just got a, a Krang skin for uh, a Smite champion uh, from Amazon Prime. Uh, then I think they did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as well, um, which has been actually pretty neat uh, in the long run uh, for uh, the skins in the game. I just wonder if at the end of the day, Smite ends up not Smite if. Facebook ends up buying Epic Games. I know it's probably not going to happen, but Fortnite just kind of feels like the metaverse uh, that's been foretold uh, for a very, very long time. So i uh, very curious if the metaverse future we've all been looking for is in Fortnite. We'll all have separate jobs as builders, shooters. Some guy will go out there looting. That'd be kind of sad. Epic Games just taking over. Um, I'm going to move on to the next story uh, while we wait for Rob to reconnect as his Discord uh, seems to have restarted. Uh, let's see. Next story. Oh, man. Rob, we get you back? Okay. Uh, next story. 
a new Mass Effect teaser from uh, from Bioware uh, on N7 Day, which is November 7th. Uh, we, uh, you know, the Mass Effect account tweeted out this image, uh, you know, that says Mass Effect will continue. And if you take a look at it, it's actually struck. There's a giant crater uh, with some ice around it, but the crater itself and like uh, where the ship it lands is in the shape of a geth. Um, and so depending on the ending that was chosen and what they're choosing as a canonical ending for Mass Effect, I'm going to guess they want destroy. So all the Reapers, all the geth probably were destroyed uh, in that choice. Um, it looks like we might have our first look at what's coming and then I'm hoping we get to see something at the Game Awards for Mass Effect. Um, so the fact that it says will continue means that they're picking back up. Uh, I think as previously reported uh, that, you know, it'll be Shepard and crew if Shepard survives. And if you zoom in on the image, you'll see a Krogan and three party members walking away from that ship and a body of what looks like possibly would be Legion laying near the, the crater. Um, so very curious on where the new Mass Effect ends up going. Um, you know, it's been a long time coming for a new Mass Effect, and I can't wait. Rob, what do you think? I mean, yeah, I saw this image as well. I, I'm at the point now where I'm excited for this game. I just want it to come. I don't need to be teased out anymore until you have something substantial to show me. I know I know some people like enjoy this. I'm, I might have talked about it on the podcast before. I've definitely told you before. When it comes to things that I am for sure going to experience, whether it be video games or movies, I avoid trailers as much as possible outside of the big like events. You know, we talked about E3 and and video game awards, but teases like that, they just they just don't do anything for me, uh, honestly. I, I I think for for me, um, it's just nice knowing it's still being worked on. I know it's I know it's a priority, <laughs> yeah. but anything can yeah. change at EA at any given point. Yeah, right. Uh, after what happened with Andromeda, so just like. Mm -hmm. It's nice having something, uh, especially on N7 Day, where uh, the last couple have not been that great. So uh, very excited about that. Um, I think, yeah, we can move on to the next story, where we have two unlistings headed our way. Um, so Konami is pulling Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3 uh, from digital stores over licensing issues. So if you have not played Metal Gear Solid 2 or 3, I didn't even know these were digitally available anywhere. Oh, uh, PlayStation uh, yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Also, there is that uh, Metal Gear Solid HD edition 2 and 3 for the Xbox 360 that was released. And yeah. so just to go over the list, these the following games are no longer for sale beginning November 8th. Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty HD edition for PS3 and PlayStation Vita. Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater HD Edition for PlayStation 3 and Vita. Metal Gear Solid HD Edition for PlayStation 3. Metal Gear Solid HD Collection for Vita and PlayStation Now. Metal Gear Solid HD Edition 2 and 3 for Xbox 360. Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater 3D for Nintendo 3DS. And the reason they're being taken down is because, as you said, licensing issues. Uh, specifically, there's some historical footage being used in cinematic sequences. You know... I hope video games that are made today have kept this in mind 
like I know, I, but you know, they, I guess they haven't because if you look at no. our, one of our later stories, um, at Jump Force, which is a game that came out not too long ago, um, that's abruptly being delisted from all digital stores as well. Um, and it just kind of sucks that like we're still running into these licensing issues that there's no deals to keep them in place indefinitely. Like take, take yeah, but I, servers, I, but yeah, why take down the digital version of a game? Yeah, so I I don't I I mean if I had to guess I don't think this is a licensing issue with Jump Force the same way it is with Metal Gear. Uh, I, I I played some of Jump Force. That game deserves to be delisted in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, uh, and so I I think that if this is a licensing issue, it's mostly because this game didn't perform as well as they wanted, so they didn't re up the license. Um. I'm trying to find and that. and online servers are going down as well. So I really do yeah. think this is just a matter of them not want not having the player base to maintain it anymore, and it costing them more money than it makes for them. But yeah, it, it's true. Like I in this age of <sighs> Game Pass and PlayStation Now and the move to buying everything digitally, the idea that we don't really own these games we are really just leasing them is is more evident every day when you see stuff like this getting delisted you know when you see servers getting shut down um i mean it's a bummer but it's also the reality uh, that's the trade-off when that you get with digital titles when you are sacrificing you know convenience over um that's what you're sacrificing in some of these some of these situations and at the end of the day that game does have local multiplayer, so it's not like those people don't have access to their their game anymore. Um, and we've also seen stuff like this as far as the Metal Gear Solid is concerned. I do think, and I think they said that it's a temporary issue. I do believe that will be the case because we've had situations in the past. I think it was Marvel vs. Capcom 2 on Xbox 360 was delisted for a little bit because of some licensing issues with the music, and then it was brought back only to, I think, think be delisted once again later on. But... Um, for I I would imagine that games like Metal Gear Solid, these iconic franchises, that they'll figure out a way to make that work. Yeah. All right. Uh, Let's just I go mean, into. What? Go skip, ahead. Like you said, skip Jump Force. Um, yeah, yeah, skip Jump Force. There's no like literally fly like this down the screen. Oh. I I it's I, and listen, it's just those kind of. 3D arena brawlers are just not for me, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm realizing more and more, and it sucks because that's well, where a lot of oh, oh, exactly, yeah. yeah. And so, like, I would love to play My Hero uh, Academia, and what is it, like Heroes My Hero Justice. One Justice, um, yeah. but I just that just gameplay isn't for me. I think all those games need to be given the Dragon Ball Fighter Z treatment and let Arxis do a 2D fighter with all of them um that. yeah but all right let's bit of news we talked a little bit about uh the new roles coming to among us uh the new update that has been released includes new roles it includes a store and achievements and it's live now uh, among us will have a storefront now full of hats skins pets visors nameplate panels and bundles that include multiple cosmetics playing the game gives players xp pods and beans 
Beans are a free-to-play currency that unlocks store items. Or, of course, players can spend real money on stars for immediate unlocks. They also added cosmic cubes that are elaborate branching cosmetic trees. Uh, it seems like it reminds me kind of similar to like a battle pass in a way, you know? Um, I just need this game to come out on Game Pass and on the Xbox so I can actually sit down and play it and get into this because every time there's a story like this, it makes me consider like booting it up on PC because I do have it on PC as part of yeah. Xbox Game Pass for PC. But I just know that I won't have my core group of friends there with me. And Listen, so I've got a group of friends that I can invite you to to play Among Us. It'll be a great time. I don't I don't think it will be a great time. I don't think you want to do that. Tr trust me. Angie's been there. It's been great laughs. There's just betrayal. Friendships are ruined. I, uh, I, I feel like, back. yeah, exactly. I feel like I'm going to get introduced. And then by the end of it, people, I'm going to log off. People are going to be like, I hate that guy. But I'll never bring him again. <laughs> All it's right. Like, there's, there's there's a certain amount of seriousness to take with it, but like I I think some of the stuff I read about this has uh, some of the new roles has been really cool, adding like a new dynamic to, um, each of the levels where you can. Uh, it, it, in a sense, just change up the variety. I think there's like another class of that can use events now. Like I think there's an engineer class that can use events, which was uh, previously restricted just to the imposters so like i could already imagine all the bullshit that would come from like someone that's actually an engineer going like no 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 i'm an engineer and someone that's imposter be like well i'm the engineer yeah <laughs> yeah uh all right next bit of news i'm gonna let you take this because oh, this I, ha hurts, I have no skin of the game th this one hurts but it's not like i got time for it um so Endwalker, the final expansion for Final Fantasy XIV, is being delayed by two weeks. Uh, initially uh, slated for Tuesday, November 23rd. Uh, it's now being pushed to Tuesday, December 7th. Uh, you know, the director of the game came out, issued an apology, gave his reasoning. Like, you know, they played through the game. Everything content-wise is ready. But they're, since this is the biggest expansion that they're putting out, uh, and it is the culmination of all these years of experience, uh, they want to make sure it, it comes out as best as possible. They tweak up that stuff. So they need two more hey, weeks for it. I, I respect that. Yeah. Like if you're saying, Hey, I'm the director of this. I, I've put a lot into this. This is essentially my baby. I just want it to be everything that it can be. And so I need two more weeks. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I, I respect that. Like that's, yeah. that's awesome. And like, and, and this is what he said. However, as we neared the end of development, and I played through everything from quest to battle content and the like, I just couldn't contain my desire to further improve Endwalker's quality. Specifically, because this expansion pack marks the first major culmination of events in FF14 so far. Even as we looked beyond Endwalker, the FF14 story will continue for a long time, and we hope to deliver many more enjoyable experiences in the game. However, it was precisely because Endwalker concludes the first major saga that I felt our team needed to push ourselves to the limits that I envisioned. And like, yeah, do what you gotta do like to nail that story. Like, Don't do what Final Fantasy XV did what, and rush out of the game and then go back and patch in story like <laughs> fixes. Like, yeah. I'm not going to go back and play that game. Like, I, There was something there. I heard it's much better now with the Royal Edition for 15, but 
no, like get it right the first time. If you need two more weeks, take the two weeks. Um, I, I, and like the one thing I do uh, like that uh, Naoki Yoshida did um, mention once, he's like, look, I know a bunch of you already scheduled time off with your work and jobs to play through this expansion uh, on uh, in November. And like, you know, I apologize that, you know, we have to shift the dates and you might not be able to change that. Like, you know, and that, that part sucks. Like that part sucks because I know a lot of people with MMOs uh, do that. And, yeah, you know, I'm hoping th those folks, you know, are able to reschedule or get, shift stuff around. But like December is always, it's, it's Christmas, you know, work's winding down, taking two weeks mm -hmm. off before Christmas is not as easy. So, um, you know... Uh, hopefully it all works out. And then on top of that, they also put out some uh, patch information on when uh, patches will drop uh, post uh, Endwalker release. So December 21st for the first one, and it seems like patch 605 uh, will be on January 4th after the new year. All right, well, speaking of patches and updates, Spider-Man comes to Marvel's Avengers on November 30th. I am... So pumped to see what this is, even though I don't get to play it. <laughs> right. Uh, the thing I'm more excited about is that besides Spider-Man coming, they did also announce that that late November update will be substantial. It'll include the game's first raid, uh, discordant sound starring the villain Claw. I, I hope that raid is good, because if that raid is good, that will be what brings me back into the mix. Um, and will have me going and, and, and playing it again. Now, the interesting thing is that Spider-Man's arrival means a new event, uh, which is called With Great Power Hero Event. My understanding is that the way that they are handling the story content around this DLC character is that you're going to experience this story through unlockable challenges woven throughout the Avengers initiative, meaning uh -huh. that it isn't, doesn't seem like it's going to be the same kind of focused story campaign that you got out of, you know, the, the two Hawkeyes and obviously not as yeah. large as the Black Panther one. So it, it, I feel like this raid has to be good. Because I think there's going to be some backlash to what this Spider-Man experience actually is. Yeah. Beyond the fact that it's really just a character being released without the same kind of fanfare that was given to the other characters they've released so far. Which, when you think about it, makes sense. It was always kind of strange that you would have this character that was exclusive to one platform. And you would hit the same kind of development and, and time and energy behind when you are narrowing how many people can play that and so it kind of makes more sense for it to be this just new character with story elements being told throughout missions that they already have in the game you know yeah and it, they put a little breakdown on what that is um peter parker uncovers aims new plan to acquire technology that could make their synthoid army unstoppable and total domination inevitable he must partner with the Avengers to stop this looming threat and forms a tentative friendship with Miss Marvel and Black Widow while keeping his identity hidden. As a hero accustomed to working solo, he struggles with the new dynamics of working with the team. Will he join up full-time with the Avengers or stay independent in his fight against AIM? But I, I think it's like you, you, you said it's the challenge stuff. I just kind of feel like he's going to be someone on the shipper over like... Mm -hmm. A hologram just giving you like hey go over here and do this yeah and then at the yeah. end you just have a character unlocked that you can play as Spider-Man. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. that, that just sounds brutal. Um, in regards to the raid, I have one fear. Um, I don't think many people are grinding towards the end game, and like, I know they increase how many levels the characters can have and how high that power level can go. Yeah, and they're actually how... increasing that uh, with yeah. this November update from 150 to 175. The one thing they're adding is that uh, gear upgrading is also coming, which will let players recycle high power gear to upgrade their current gear. I they have to do some, and they've talked they talked about this as well. They have to do some balancing regarding uh, power leveling, and especially considering that they we talked about this last week. They took out the XP boost through yeah. you know paid you know, the paid XP boost and stuff like that. Because like I would like to experience this raid, but I also yeah. don't have the time to sit there and grind everything out. In Destiny, at least, it's like you when you jump in and play a new campaign, you get drops that will get you to a certain point pretty fast, and then from there, if you want to commit to the end game uh, stuff, then you'll power level up to whatever you need. Uh, and for the most part, you can experience that raid stuff without too much work. But for this, I don't know. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see. Like I said, if this is, if it turns out that this raid is is well done and is the word around town is that it's a lot of fun, I would absolutely hop back in yeah. to to play this. I do have a character that, I think I have two characters that are close to 150, and so it wouldn't be that much of a grind for me to get there necessarily. Although I haven't played it so long that I don't even know what that feels like right now. Because uh, yeah. like most games of this ilk, once you get to a certain level, it is a grind to just get a level at a time. Definitely. All right, last bit of news. A second Nintendo store is opening in Japan. So I didn't realize that there's only one Nintendo store <laughs> in Japan. Yeah. Um, uh, so I went located in located in Tokyo called Nintendo yeah. Tokyo. Uh, the new one is is going to be in Osaka. Uh, I will let you go ahead and tell your story now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I um, I went to the Nintendo Tokyo store back in 2019. Or, yeah, 2019, uh, November 2019 when, when it opened. Uh, probably uh, at the end of the first month. And it was a long line to get in. And I'm not just talking just like foreigners. It was like locals as well and some days it was up to three hours just to get into uh mm -hmm. the store and it was it was neat they had a lot of cool stuff but they definitely need another location uh because up on that floor is you just have you have a pokemon center you have a capcom store you have the nintendo store in the middle you have a shonen jump store so it's very crowded up there uh the lines to get into everything it's just like it's a nerd paradise uh <laughs> up in that park mall um, and so seeing it come to another city, especially one as big as Osaka, uh, and I love Osaka. So like if you ever go to Japan, Tokyo and Osaka, uh, Kyoto as well. Um, yeah. Every time we do one of these yeah. stories where a new amusement park is opening up over there, a new store is opening up, I'm like, I need to just, we, I just need to take the family and go. Yeah. The thing is, is I just need things to get a little bit more under control yeah. <laughs> around the well, world. No, and the thing is J Japan right now isn't open to tourism. Right. Uh, right. They're they're finally opening their doors, um, not their doors, their borders to uh, business folk. And if you're vaccinated, I think as and you're traveling for business, it's a uh, three day um, quarantine, self quarantine. Quarantine. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, from down from a ten day, and so it's just like even if you're trying to go for tourism, which I don't think you can, you'd 
and if you did get in, you would still need to spend 10 days um, quarantining. And there goes your vacation days if you're coming from the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. So that part sucks. But, um, yeah, a lot of cool stuff. They have a lot of exclusive items there as well. Uh, so if you ever get a chance, definitely check it out. Um, very nicely made store. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up this week's episode uh apologies for the technical difficulties uh i'm not sure what happened with that that was i i i listen i think that i was just having hiccups in my internet and that was that was causing problems because literally when it would happen i would go and go to do a speed test right and the first time it happened i did a speed test and it was it was fine i was getting you know 890 uh down and you know plenty up but i also did it after i had gotten back in the first time this time i did it while i was acting up and i could not connect to the servers at first so i think i was just getting hiccups and then once i actually went through i saw the speed i was able to get back in so i apologize for that both to you Bilal but also to uh, the people who took the time out of their busy evenings to come and watch us. And I apologize to future listeners of the recorded podcast where you don't get to hear my uh, voice for five or six minutes. It's all right. It's all right. I mean, shit happens all the time. Um, This is what recording live does. Um, So anyone listening on the audio version, uh, apologies there as well uh, because... I don't have timestamps and I don't know if I have time <laughs> to uh, go through and clean that. Oh yeah. Just leave yeah. it. I mean, just leave it. It's yeah. part of the experience. I will say, speaking of things happening, I streamed a lot more last week. I plan on streaming a lot more the rest of the week. I kind of like doing the podcast on Wednesday and then me hopping on Thursday evening and Friday evening for a few hours and getting a, a stream in. And then when I can, getting in uh, in the morning as well. I actually think that I have time uh, Friday just before the afternoon to kind of hop in here for a couple hours. Around the time where you'll be pretending to set up for a a uh, game pass and lunch stream. <laughs> yeah. Um, my son is finally at, I'm approaching the end of his like development leap period. They say it's supposed to be a one week thing. So I'm hoping things go back on track. Yeah. Uh, like if he, we, when you don't have a child that sleeps more than 40 minutes during the day. Oh man. How, how do people do it? How did, how did you, do uh, you it? just do it. You just do it. You just do it. <laughs> while you're doing it you're like how do people do this and then you just do it and then <laughs> time passes and you look back on it and you're like eh, it wasn't that bad we got through it uh what my one advice is i would say hold on to this um all this pain and anguish and in like a year when you start to forget and think that it wasn't that bad and you guys start talking about possibly having another one that you make sure that you know full well <laughs> what it takes and what you're going to have to go through. Oh yeah, no, definitely. Um, but yeah, all this is to say that the, until we can actually get something hammered down where we are more consistent, the best way is to just make sure you have notifications on the stream. Um, and as always, the best way to kind of support us is to, tell people about us. Uh, yeah, subscriptions are great. Uh, following the stream is, is great. If you have Amazon prime and you have a prime gaming subscription, we'd love for you to use it here, but at least for 
me right now, just building a community, getting as much people, not just uh, watching the podcast, but also coming into our streams. I know that for me, it's way more enjoyable having people in the chat the whole time while, while I'm streaming. And it also keeps me from <laughs> going too far over the edge when I am uh, beating my head against the table in some of these games. But um, so, yeah, so telling people about us uh, and, and telling your friends and leaving reviews. I know Bilal talks about it often, you know, and, and listening to us on the on your podcast, you know, feed of choice. Uh, Bilal, where can people follow you, follow the site? You guys can uh, follow me over at Bilal underscore me on Twitter. Uh, and uh, you guys can follow the site uh, at theworkprint.com and uh Look up the work print on all your favorite social media platforms and uh, you'll find us there. Um, and then, you know, as Rob said, the podcast feed uh, on your favorite podcast uh, app. And yeah, I think uh, we have, and on the, over at the website, we have uh, Christian covering uh, Day of the Dead on Sci Fi, a show he said's pretty god awful. Uh, as a guy continues <laughs> to do it. Um, and then uh, Other Rob is now, uh, after he finished what we do in The Shadow Season 3, which is fantastic, by the way, um, he is uh, now going to be covering Yellow Jackets for Showtime, um, which is kind of just like, um, what was that book they made us read in high school about those kids that get stranded on an island that turn on each other? I didn't read that one in my high school. Yeah. Uh, whatever that book that was, it's like that. Uh, my brain is so done. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, no, thanks again also, to everybody that shows up in the chat. Um, yeah. And, and, and a particular former co-host of ours was in the chat. And we are going to do everything in our power to get her on here uh, sooner rather than later. I have Monopoly money. Uh, to, I, I, I'm just not going to be playing Monopoly anytime soon again. So yeah. uh, if that works, just let me know. <laughs> uh, as for me, uh, you can follow me over at SunnyVice20, S-U-N-N-Y-V-I-C-E-2-0, across pretty much all social media. Um, I Like I said, I, I plan on streaming here tomorrow night, Friday night. I think that's kind of right now the most consistent I can be is doing the podcast Wednesday night. And then streaming Thursday night and Friday night. I think I pull that off. I usually hop on here around nine, uh, somewhere from nine to ten o'clock, and then stream for you know until I'm about to pass out. <laughs> um, and there we still have some things that we are working on. Uh, Bilal and I just have to find the time to sit down and iron out some details, and then we will tell you guys about it. We'll iron it out better than my Photoshop skills. <laughs> <laughs> it really wasn't that that bad. Oh, well, you're just being nice now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, until next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.